to cardiology everyone well we are back and unfortunately we need to talk about another really tough loss uh we took it on the chin from our trip down to cincinnati with the Bengals. um and here to kind of uh lick our wounds and try to see you know what what is the state of this team and where are we going from here um we've got two of our good friends joining us today so one, I have Chris Burdett out there. Hey, Chris, how you doing? I'm great. How are you all doing? Uh, we're working on it. We're working on right. it. Right. And then also, um, back from his many travels on the road, we have our good friend Gary Marr is with us. Hi, Gary. Hey, Mark. Great good to, to have be you here. Good us. to be back. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice to have you back and and joining us here. So, well, um, before we, you know, vent, um, let's just... Uh, <laughs> level set with where we are with this game. So uh, the Browns took a loss 23 to 10 uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, This was actually um, started off as a fairly sloppy game. Um, You didn't see a lot out of Joe Barrow. um, And then he kind of shook it off um, to end up with uh, two touchdown passes. And then also, you know, this ended, a five-game winning streak for the Browns over Cincinnati, um, where we had felt like maybe we had Cincinnati's number. You know, I think the story of this game is our inability to run the ball. Um, you know, Cincinnati really bottled up Nick Chubb, which made a big difference in this game. But also, too, you know, we had a lot of trouble with inopportune penalties. Um, throughout this game that really caused issues and and especially in one drive um, but really just kind of threw this game off but I'm interested you know let's let's share this around the table let's let's uh, kind of talk off of each other so we haven't heard from you in a while let's start with you Gary what are you thinking coming out of this game well look there's a lot going on in this game I think to to really kind of dig into and analyze. I think, you know, the, the coaching questions are still out there. There's, there's some, you know, I'm big on points, take points on the board. You know, we, we had a couple of options for points that we, we gave up. And I think that's, that's something that we need to look at. Look, if you got a, you got a good team and you're scoring lots of points every time, then, then that's one thing, but, uh, but we're not that type of team right now. And I think when we can get points, we need to take the points. And, and that's something that, that kind of came back to, to bite us a little bit in this game as we looked at that. And I think we, you know, that's an important thing to consider going forward. I agree with you. I think penalties are huge. It, it, we should not be getting that many key penalties at this point in the season. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the team that's doing that, but we're still getting, you know, not only are they, a lot of penalties, but they're, they're stupid penalties. And they, we really need to address that and fix that. And that was a, that was a really bad highlight of this game that I think is probably the the number one key point to, to why we lost. But uh, you know, the, the other thing is the run game and you, you pointed that out a little bit as well. We, we did get stopped, but we also kind of gave up uh, on the run game a little bit, which is, which is something we tend to do. Uh, we, I think we give up on it a little bit early and I think we need to to really concentrate on that run game, uh, mix up the looks back there. I know I'm not the only one, but a lot of folks call for putting you know both our stud backs in the backfield occasionally and and try and run a two back set and see if that works. Things along those lines. And I just think that yeah, if they're stopping the the single you know the the 
one part of the run game, mix it up and keep it going. But you, you got to run the ball a little bit to, to keep the rest of the game working. So, so those are the, the negatives that I saw in the game, the things that, that I really think we need to improve. Uh, you know, I do think it was nice that we finally saw Watson, uh, getting a little bit more comfortable. You know, he certainly had enough passes, uh, pass attempts, I should say, that, that he was starting to shake the rust off. And so we were starting to see uh, a little bit of the Deshaun Watson that we, we want to see. Uh, he's still not he's still not the the guy that we uh, were hoping to see, but but at least he looked a lot better than he did the week before, and that's that's really I think what we were hoping for in this game. So uh, that that was a big positive as well. The defense, you know, didn't play awful, and that that's always a you know that's a, it's a, kind of a backhanded compliment, but it is a compliment. I thought the defense did pretty uh, pretty good in this game, at least good enough that uh, we could have won the game had we put a little bit more offense on there. So those are the things I see, you know, from from my high level on both both sides positive and negatives yeah like you said a lot to unpack in this particular game how about you chris what what are some of the things that you were seeing and some of the things that came to your mind through this i completely completely agree with gary because this all came down to a complete failure and breakdown by coaching Uh, meaning that we made coaching mistakes there were head shaking calls like what are they doing from the standpoint of we have two great running backs, why are we not doing both, having both of them in when the run is not working when you just have one in? Um, it, it was com- a complete breakdown. And can somebody please explain to me on the first scoring scoring drive how we were on the 25, it was fourth down, and we brought in Brissett, who was ice cold, to do a throwing play? I mean, I, I, I don't understand. Um, and I mean, there are so many concerns. We were fully loaded. Everybody was healthy, right, this week. And literally, Cincinnati was down to basically one running back and one wide receiver and beat us. It was embarrassing. And that was not a execution standpoint standpoint. It was absolutely, totally, completely a coaching breakdown, in my opinion. So, and I'm a little fired up. Sorry about that. <laughs> Well, actually, the you know the only thing I would say is uh, I I think you might be a little bit incorrect in in how beat up Cincinnati was because actually both of their starting running backs played and two of their three receivers played. It just so happens we shut Tyler Boyd down. Um, All right, fair but, enough. But that but that being said, um, yeah, I mean, as I was wa- watching this game, so I get part of the fourth and one call. Okay, because as Kevin Stefanski said in his press conference, it is a philosophical thing that he has consistently done. While we don't love it, he has consistently gone for putting up seven before three as soon as he can. And he owned in the press conference that that's a philosophy thing. That's a what that's something that he just believes in. But I do agree, you know, in the idea that that play was open. But it was only open because it was Brissett in there, right? Because you, you know, we'd seen Brissett come in to do fourth and one quarterback sneaks multiple times. Um, so the personnel was a little bit different. I maybe don't understand the execution of that one in that it just didn't seem like there were many intermediate routes that went along with that. It looked like it was um, pretty much the only person who could get open was Peoples Jones. Um, you know, the, 
the flare out kind of the um, safety valve on that one was David Njoku, and he wasn't even past the line of scrimmage um, waiting for a screen pass. And then I think it was Bell out and Bell was out there covered. Um, and so I just don't know that there were a lot of options that came out of that. Now, it was open. Um, and if you if you actually turn around and you um, execute that actual play, um, then we're talking about something completely different in terms of, of play calling. I do wonder so, a little bit about the running game, though. The running game, you know, yes, uh, there's no denying that this was probably the thinnest that Nick Chubb, his results looked. Um, you know, in the past, we've said, you know, you got to feed him, you got to feed him. He's averaging, you know, four yards a carry. Um, you just got to give him his carries and you got to let him try. Well, in this particular game, you know, after 14 carries, it was it was 2.4 yards a carry. Um, and they were it was really tough sledding. But I still just kind of wonder um, about the play calling. I'm I'm starting to wonder about the health of our offensive line. Um, I feel like our offensive line has taken major steps back over the last um, three to four weeks. Um, and I just am not super confident in the way that they are lining up um, to play some of these games. I Cincinnati got a, a really great effort um, out of DJ Reader, who it appeared that his role um, in that game was to be a Chubb spy um, and to really get in there for that rushing game. Um, but I also just don't know that we should have needed to fold up completely on the run that way. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm not as concerned with, you know, the one-off play calls. Uh, what I'm more concerned with is the, the fact that this game wasn't, even though it was ugly, it wasn't out of hand at halftime. Um, it was, you know, 13, three. It was an ugly 13-3. I don't think any of us felt really awesome about it, but it wasn't it wasn't out of reach. Um, and so I, I kind of agree with what you were saying, Gary, that I feel like as we start to roll and start to get into these situations and when we start to be down, um, and in this case, again, down multiple scores, we seem to just tighten up and yeah. and there's just not, and whether whether that is you know, all just play calling, or if it also comes down to the executing of the team, you know, I, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, in my estimation, um, this one, this one had to be more play calling. I, I can't imagine Deshaun Watson is, um, calling many audibles right now. Um, and, and making his own path. I, I think he needed to have a solid game for the most part, he did. For the most part, we saw a Deshaun Watson uh, performance that is very indicative of Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, he had almost 300 yards passing, um, had a touchdown, had an interception that wasn't wasn't very pretty, um, was one that he probably should have been able to read that, that something was going to happen, and just, you know, threw the ball a ton. Um, and I think that that, to me, that's where... I think we 
I think maybe we gripped our pearls a little bit too tight um, once we got down in this game. Um, and, and I think that that really put a big hamstring on us. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. And I think that's what I've seen consistently from Stavansky is that that's when he's, you know, I, I think it's, you know, he scripts a good game. He always comes in with a decent game plan at the beginning. Uh, but, but yeah, when we get behind, it seems to really kind of be his weak spot. He, he's not, he, he's not very aggressive at catching up. He's, he, uh, he tends to throw the game plan out the window very early if we're behind. And, and that really, I think hurts us. Um, so I think, yeah, that, that's a, that's a big thing. And that, that, that made a big difference was the fact that we were got behind early. And I think if you look throughout this whole season, any game we got behind early, all of a sudden our team just looks out of sorts on offense. And so that's something that we, we do got to fix. And that that's, that's coaching that goes back to, you know, what both Chris and I were talking about, it's coaching. I, I also want to go back to that point about the, the three points where Savansky owned it and said, yep. Hey, this is a, uh, this is what I do. And it's like, yeah, well, but it's not working. You need to change it. You know, if you keep doing the same <laughs> right. thing over and over again, it's not working. Try something different. I, you know, I can't respect the fact you're like, yeah, so it's not working, but it's what I do. I'm going to keep doing it. Well, no, it, you, you need to change it and, and try something different. Again, our team's not scoring a lot of points right now. Take the three points. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing I have with that is just the idea that, so if we go back, there has been a one yard play in multiple games this year that everybody has complained about, regardless of how the call got called. One time we handed the ball off to Kareem Hunt and everybody screamed and hollered, why aren't you letting Jacoby Brissett do a sneak? The next week we let Jacoby Brissett do a sneak and he got stonewalled and we said, why aren't you, why aren't you handing the ball off? And then now we tried uh, our pass and they didn't execute the pass and we're like why did you try a pass well at that point if you've gone into the situation multiple times and this quarterback sneak didn't work and the run didn't work and the pass didn't work I don't know that it's a play call thing as much as you're having some issues there and one of the things that I think is a very understated issue is that you don't have a starting caliber center playing anymore So at the beginning of the year, when we were talking about, you know, quarterback snakes, we're talking about Nick Chubb being able to pound the ball. We had a starting caliber center right in the middle um, that Jacoby Brissett was leaning over that was getting getting some push right now. Froholt's getting just pushed all over. And and I don't really necessarily mean that as a slight on him. He's he's playing this role because we've been decimated at this position. And so I think that changes a little bit. And I think that, um, you know, what you're calling and how, how you're calling um, kind of changes with, with what kind of skill sets are available. And, and I think, um, like I said, I, I really am starting to feel like this offensive line that we have um, been touting for years as, the best offensive line that can get all these runs. I think they're hurting right now. I think that, that they just are not the same offensive line right now. And, and I think of anything with the coaching, I kind of feel like maybe there's a lack of trust in the playmakers outside of Nick Chubb. And I think that then when Nick Chubb gets stopped, there is, a version of panic 
of that we're going to have to like go with, you know, quantity over quality. We're going to have to throw the ball all over the place. We're going to have to get yards in a hurry instead of, instead of kind of trusting these guys to work their way out of holes. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, buddy, because everybody in the NFL is hurt right now. Everybody. You want to look at a problem, look at uh, Baltimore and their quarterback situation because <laughs> they don't have one basically right now. Um, everybody's hurt, and it is squarely, in my opinion, on the coaching staff. And I am very concerned that our coaching staff has lost, absolutely lost the locker room. You look at some of those um, you know, stops we were going for on, on the goal line. And it's like everybody quits on the defense saying somebody else should tackle this person. There was one where Clowney was right next to the guy holding the ball, and all he did was take a step back, two steps to the right, and walked into the, into the end zone. So yeah, I'm sorry, but I, I think to a very large degree, our, our, our coaching staff has lost the locker room. I mean, seriously. I mean, you're right, absolutely right, in terms of we lost our center and all of that, but everybody deals with that. And the bottom line is everybody has to deal with that in the NFL, you know? Yeah, I mean, everybody does. Uh, but I, you know, I, I honestly think we've been giving, we've been giving the players themselves a lot of leeway. We've been blaming Joe Woods. We've been blaming um, Kevin Stefanski. Yep. We we have not, you know, other than a, a player here and there, we have not put a lot of blame on these players. Um, you know, the defense is, you know, they're professionals. Uh, the idea that they don't tackle, um, <laughs> right? What, what what exactly are you supposed to be doing? Um, you know, the these plays that aren't executed. What are you supposed to be doing? You know, you you know. Jacoby Brissett, we you said you said he was cold. However, he's played more football for us than anybody else at quarterback, and he misses a pass. Yeah. We the week before, you know, yes, Deshaun Watson's been out forever, but he is skipping footballs to open receivers, and that's not something that a coach can can correct in a game. There's just, I mean, if you're not going to do it, you're not going to do it. Um, and so, you know what, I'm kind of just pessimistic on, on the players themselves a little bit. I think, I think that there needs to be some other ownership going on with what is happening on this team. Um, you know, I think it's super easy to go through and pick, you know, the play, a couple plays that don't work and be mad about them. Um, and not look at exactly what the players are supposed to be doing. Usually when you have plays like that, whether it's trick plays or whatever, you're practicing the hell out of those all week. And so well, you're not, you're not using them unless they actually work and everybody knows what's going on. So I doubt very, very seriously that, you know, they hadn't practiced Jacoby passing out of that fourth and one situation multiple times. And I doubt that they haven't practiced that they needed to stop Joe Mixon and Samaj mm. Perine running the ball, but they don't. And so it doesn't come to pass and it doesn't come through. And I just think that this was, 
in my opinion, this was a, a great example of a game of a team we all knew was on the rise of Cincinnati. Cincinnati is not the same team that we faced at the beginning of the year. Um, and they are showing it. They're putting things together. They're getting some of their pieces back in place. And they and they look confident in what they're doing. And we are limping into this game. We We have gone through the beginning of our season. We did not win the games we should have won. We let a lot go by. And I don't know. I just think that, honestly, this was a game that maybe we were a little optimistic about. Everybody kept believing that somehow we had um, we had number. Cincinnati's number <laughs> and we knew how to play them. Um, and the reality is we haven't had anybody's number this year. Um, and we haven't really been able to pull much together without, you know, a lot of work. And I think maybe we might have taken this one for granted. Can I ask both of you a question real quick? Were either one of you surprised we lost? I don't think I was I was overly surprised. How about you, Gare? No, not at all. I wasn't surprised yeah. we lost. I mean, but I did have some optimism that we that we could pull the game out and we did have you know, yeah. moments there that showed that we did know how to play Cincinnati. I mean, Burrow didn't have a great game. If you if you look at the game, we we could have won the game, but but no, I'm not. I wasn't surprised we lost at all. all right? Yeah, no, no I agree. I, I, that's fair. But just you know, it's it's one of those. And you said it exactly right, Mark. You know, it's like you know they're on a, they're on the rise, and we are stumbling. And uh, you know, we it's so funny because we talk about we, you know, are we going to make the playoffs? Well. Have we played well enough to look good in the playoffs anyway? You know, that's the sad part, right? Yeah, yeah. And and you know, we'll we'll come back and, and talk a little bit about that here in just right. a minute. But um what I want to do is I wanna uh transition here. We're gonna um hear a little bit from our sponsor. And when we come back, we'll maybe look to see we'll continue this conversation, start talking about maybe some of the other things that we saw. Oh, um, what we liked or what we didn't like, maybe try to see some things that that were positive out of this game um, and just, you know, see if there's some way we can move forward from here. But um, we'll ask you all just to hang in with us here for a little bit as we hear from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Mark from the Cardiology Podcast and I have an important question for you. Does your garage make you happy? If your life is anything like mine, the space in your garage just goes to waste because of overwhelming and embarrassing clutter. I mean, with all the tools, the toys, the bikes, the equipment, and whenever you open that garage door, that mess just hits you right in the gut. But it doesn't have to be that way. The team at CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More wants to help you take advantage of every inch of space your garage has to offer with their full turnkey design and installation services for garage cabinets, flooring, and other storage solutions. But don't be confused. The solutions they provide are not the cookie cutter racks and plastic bins you find at all the big box stores. From showroom quality garage flooring to durable powder-coated wood garage cabinets, CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More has everything you need to turn your garage into the organized space of your dreams and have every one of your neighbors green with envy. So if you're tired of the mess and ready to bring the garage of your dreams into your everyday reality, 
you owe it to yourself and your family to check out all of the fantastic solutions CBs has to offer. You can contact Chris Burdett and his team today by heading to their website at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com or you can give them a call at 330-542-8416. On the site, you can request a free garage makeover guide packed with all kinds of great ideas and solutions that will spark your imagination and help you visualize all of the potential your garage has to offer. It's time to feel the joy of a garage that meets all of your functional needs and looks fantastic too. Please let Chris help you make your dreams a reality today. Call him at 330-542-8416 or check him out online at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com and let Chris help you love your garage again. Welcome back to Cardiology, everybody. Well, before we took our break, um, we were having a, a lot of conversation. I think all of us are kind of in the same boat. We all feel kind of the same way in terms of our confidence about this team. We just don't necessarily know how to diagnose what's going on right now. Um, I think we all see multiple symptoms, multiple issues that might be happening in different areas. Um, and it's it's really a head-scratcher. I think that, um, you know, talked about it a little bit in the last week uh, about the need for us to get serious or or come to terms with where this team was and what we really could expect. And we discussed the fact that um, the idea that the Browns would win out um, was something that just didn't, didn't realistically look like it was possible. And, and Chris, you made an excellent point right before our break. You know, were we really that surprised that we lost this game? Um, and I think, you know, Sadly. <laughs> you know, I remember I, I picked them, I picked us to win. I thought we'd win by like a touchdown. Um, that was maybe within the realm of possibility, but, you know, I just felt like this, this game felt like every, every other loss where there was, the opportunity to maybe get close at the end. Um, but I never really felt like we were going to pull ahead. Um, so, you know, and that's indicative of, of just the season and the way, the way it's been going. Um, I do want to call out. It's, it's, it is interesting that, that really the big difference between the stat lines in this game comes down to the rushing um, and the effectiveness of Joe Mixon and Samanjay Perine versus Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So both Mixon and Chubb had 14 carries. Um, Nick Chubb's went for 34 yards. Joe Mixon's went for 96. Um, Kareem Hunt and Samanjay Perine both had four carries. And Kareem Hunt's went for six. And Smajays went for 22. So there was just, and and if you look, like Gary said, you know, Joe Burrow didn't have his best game. And he even interviewed afterwards, said it was an ugly win. I mean, we're sitting 13 points down at the in this game, and we feel like, oh man, we got punched in the mouth. And Cincinnati's thinking, man, we won ugly because they didn't feel like they were clicking. 
Um, but I really do think it came down to this run game. And so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if the answer is that we gave up on it. I don't know if the answer is that we are hurting and we're not running the ball as well. Um, I think we have to see that here coming up in this next matchup against Baltimore um, because this is another game that is lining up that you should be able, you should try to run the ball, um, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see if that's, that's a, an issue. Um, can, can, can I get back to one of Gary's very early points that goes right along with what you're saying? Sure. Was, was, was there ever a set last week against Cincinnati when they had both Hunt and Chubb out there? Well, I'd have to one go back. time I, by the goal line. They did it once, once, right, right by the goal line. Yeah, I think it was but only not, once. But, but just once. I mean, it's if you have two weapons like that, and I know what I'm just talking, you know. But I'm, you know, how could you not line them both up and make them battle them both, right? Yeah, and I would say, particularly to Mark's point, that that goes back to where you're when you're looking at your line and your injury is on your line, and you've got right. a, a third or fourth string center. You need to you need to do something to help your backs gain some more yards. And the fact that hey, yes. they don't know who which one of those guys is going to get the ball. One could lead block for the other. Things along those lines. I I think I would love to see them try that this week. I think that can help make them a lot more effective, considering the injuries we do have on that offensive line. I yeah, I'd have to go back and look. I don't know how many times we actually played that formation. Um, but you know what? Honestly, I I feel like a lot of people in, are just that we're grasping for different things because I also saw a bunch of comments about Nick Chubb and Deshaun Watson are never going to be effective with each other because. Um, Deshaun Watson is a shotgun quarterback and Nick Chubb runs out of the eye. And so if that were actually true, if that's a true statement, which I think it's a bunch of crap. um, Mm -hmm. But if it's, if it were a true statement, putting two backs in the backfield would be a cluster. So I, I don't know. I think, I think the reality of the situation is that we are not executing the way we should. This this team we, we felt was an extremely talented team, um, and we are not executing the way we thought. Um, you know, way back at the beginning, uh, you know, we mentioned the penalties, right? And we said, you know, this is really undisciplined. These penalties shouldn't be happening. You know, the big bulk of those penalties was actually one drive, and it was against our defense, and it sucked up almost all of the yards that we were penalized. We were penalized 98 yards. And of those 98 yards, there were four penalties during a Cincinnati touchdown drive. And those four penalties accounted for 58 yards. There was a defensive holding call. There was a roughing the kicker call, which was brutal. And then there was illegal use of hands. And then a pat defensive pass interference for 33 yards. So, I mean, we really, th- that all happened in one little area. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I just, 
like I said, I feel like at this point we've talked a lot about and I had our complaints about coaching and you know and and whether or not we should have Joe Woods anymore and what's going on with the defense. And I think I came to terms with a couple of weeks ago that yes, we need to move on from Joe Woods. No, we're not going to do it this year. That it's just going to be an off season thing that's going to happen. Um, and yeah, I would say that if you're not going to move on from him or you're not going to make some changes in the off season, I would believe that you're on an incredibly short leash as, as a coaching staff. Um, but well, I'm also, I, I'm also of the opinion that there are, are, there are a lot of fans out there with some unrealistic expectations about what this team was going to look like the minute that Deshaun Watson hit the field. Um, and he did improve. So if we if we kind of switch gears and talk a little bit about the positives, he did improve. There were there there was a much sharper passing, um, a high volume of passes, um, but and a couple of big plays that you know were plays that you just don't see other quarterbacks make. Um, you know, I'm thinking of the one um, pass where he was being dragged down and basically threw off of one foot being his back foot and, and completed the pass. Um, He seems to have a really good chemistry building with Donovan peoples Jones. Mm -hmm. Um, You know uh, you know, I think Donovan had a, had an excellent game. I know a lot of people are dogging him for the, the touchdown pass that he did not catch Um, what I would I'm not sure he would have fallen in bounds even if he caught that ball. I do agree his technique wasn't right. He needs to high point that ball. He needs to be the one that going up and grabbing it. Um, and by not doing that, he let Cincinnati be able to get their hands in there and knock it away. Um, but it also didn't look like he was necessarily going to come down in bounds no matter what. Um, well, Mark, let's let's be clear in terms of where let's just do some level something here in, ter- in terms of where we are. Number one, you're absolutely right. Deshaun did look better, and he will continue to look better because he is absolutely knocking off two years of rust, number mm-hmm. one. Number two, we're basically right now with the playoff picture in the 2023 preseason. I mean, this is us figuring out who we are, what we have going into next year, um, and that that's on, in every position. You know, it's it's our line. It's our coaches. It's everybody. So I think we all kind of go into it. I mean, because realistically, I believe before this game with Cincinnati, we have like a 4% chance of making the playoffs. It has to be lower now, whatever it is. I mean, our our thought process has got to be getting better. You know, and if we don't get better, figuring out why we're not getting better and what needs to, A, go away – and B needs to be added, right? A hundred percent. I I I agree completely. And you know, I this I I read and I hear people talking about, well, you know, Kevin Stefanski can't coach Deshaun Watson. He doesn't know how to coach him. It's the second damn game. Like right. it's the second game of of a season where you spent the beginning of the season coaching up a backup, a career backup who played well. And yep. I think we all just need to understand why we're frustrated. Like, like you, you're frustrated because you thought that the Browns spent $230 million on a quarterback 
and that he was going to walk out of the tunnel and he was just going to set the world on fire. Well, the, mm-hmm. the circumstances leading up to him stepping out of the tunnel were completely different than what you might have expected. And you got to own that. Like, you got to own that the reality of the situation is that this was not um, laid out as a recipe for immediate success. It just wasn't. It just, right. And yep. so I do, I do think you're right. I think, I think that this is about improvement. And I do think that we do have to kind of level set and think, okay, wait a minute. Let's see how Stefanski continues to coach the offense with Watson in. Do we see a continued improvement from that position and from that group once they start to work together? And you're right. That might not necessarily translate into the wins that we would have wanted them to be to get into the playoffs. But are we right. seeing? Can we get back to the offense clicking at a level? You know, at the beginning of the year, we're talking about if offense was top five, top ten for several games. Can we get right. back into that range, even without you know the the playoff expectations in there? And it goes for Woods, too. And it also goes for special teams coaching as well, right? Yep. It's all of it. Yep. Uh, yeah, Gary, look, you I, seemed like you wanted I, to chime in there. Yeah, because when, you, when you're talking about continued improvement, I agree. But the problem is, it's not what I'm seeing. I mean, when you look at look at this team this year, I right. think everybody would have arguably said, we've got more talent on the team this year than we did last year, even without Watson. Um, our quarterback play was better this year than our quarterback play was last year. And our team is not better. Our record is not better. In fact, we're going to struggle to maybe equal last year's record. We might, we might not. Uh, it's very realistic. We might not equal last year's record. So, so where is that improvement coming? And and that's where I'm struggling to look and say, I agree with you. You, you know, they the Browns I think looked at this year as a uh, which which frustrates me as a as a year that we're building on for next year. But I don't see what we built. I I'm not I'm not finding that right mm-hmm. now. We're still struggling at defense like we did last year. We're still you know, trying to find our identity on offense, which, which will change with Watson. So that one, you know, might get there, but, but I don't see anything getting significantly better. And that's what scares me a little bit when we, when we sit and look at this season, because I really should see that I should see things progressing and, and I'm seeing things kind of regressing a little bit from, from last year to this year. And that's, uh, that's a bit concerning with the talent we've got on this team. Well, and yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's happy about losing, you know, losing some years um, for some of our core players and this being a a wash kind of year. And, but you, you know, you made the statement, you said in in there that, um, you know, Watson coming in that, you know, we don't really know what the offense is going to look like with Watson and that might still improve. So, so we have some optimism there. Um, This has all been, I mean, our, our struggles all the beginning of this year have really been about a defense that was supposed to be dominant, not, not just passable. They were supposed to be dominant, and they haven't been. And they haven't been on practically every level of the defense. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know how that all works itself out. And But I do just think that, you know, it sucks. It sucks as a as a fan to realize that maybe your team is focused on a longer term goal than you want them to be. Um, 
you know, I think we're finding out that maybe we weren't, that the Browns weren't as ready to make that next step as we wanted them to be. Um, I do think there's a lot of optimism that can come there. There's a lot of young players who are showing us something. I think like we mentioned before, I think um, DPJ is actually coming along the way we would hope for a second receiver. I think the pickup of Amari Cooper was an excellent pickup. I think David Ninjoku, um, while he's he has fought some um, nicks and bruises that have kind of kept him out of a consistency standpoint, when he has been healthy, has shown um, a lot of that skill set that we were hoping to have. And I do think, even though Nick Chubb has been had some cold games lately, um, that he's still a dominant running back in the NFL that you just can't overlook. Um, and so I really. I think I think it's okay to be optimistic about this team. I just think that you're the optimism about going 4-0 the rest of the way. That's a tough. That's a tough ask. I'm not sure how that goes. Yeah. I'm not sure how that happens. Yeah, yeah, I'm not there. I mean, I'm not. I yeah. I mean, yeah, it would be nice. It would be great, but I have no expectations. And I'm setting my expectations to the point of, you know, let's see what we got. Really, for next year. Yeah. Well, guys, I think I think we've talked a lot about what we don't like about this game and how, <laughs> and how things went. Um, you know, we're going to be meeting again and getting together here uh, just again tomorrow to make sure that we can start talking about the next game, which is our our matchup against the Ravens. So we'll we'll be getting back for that, talking through some more of this stuff there. Um, I appreciate you guys joining me today so we could kind of fun. Thanks. hopefully put this loss behind us and at least look for that improvement that we're hoping to see something to make That'd us happy. Great. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, for everybody out there, thanks for uh, tuning in. We hope that you are all healing out there as we're trying to heal as well. Um, we will look for the Browns to have a much better game this weekend going in um, and having – uh, well, not going into, but having the uh, Ravens visit us on Saturday um, and hopefully we see a win out of that. So um, as always, if you want to check us out, um, you can check us out on your favorite streaming services, whether they be Apple, uh, Amazon, or Spotify. You can also check us out on our website at www.cardiology. Clee, that's cardiology with a K, C L E dot com. And we would love to hear from you. You can check out our whole old episodes. You can send us um, feedback. You can send us hate mail, whatever you'd like to do. We'd love to hear that you're out there and you're, and you're doing different things. So, um, you know, that, that would be great. So um, just uh, everybody out there, let's, let's shake this one off. Uh, Let's get ready uh, for a, a face-off against Baltimore, and we will be talking to you in short order about that game soon. So for Chris, for Gary, let's bark this one out, everybody. Let's go, Browns! Go, Browns! Take it easy. We'll see you soon. 